Do you sometimes find in your relationship that you feel that you're always giving? Do you find sometimes that it's even difficult to receive compliments or to receive praise? If so, today we're going to be talking about the balance between giving and receiving love, appreciation and everything else in a relationship. If you'd like to find out more about this podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com. And if you'd like to find out more about improving your relationship, head over to our website, therelationshipmaze.com. Welcome to today's podcast. And today we're talking about the balance between giving and receiving in a relationship. Yeah, so why is that a problem? Why does there need to be a balance between <clears throat> giving and receiving? Do you think that sometimes people give too much love? Well, this is something that, that I've experienced in with people that I know and also people that I've worked with, mm. is sometimes there seems to be, in, in my experience, and it'd be interesting to hear from you, mm. is some people feel they always have to give, they always have to do. And it gets to a point where, you know, maybe voluntarily they take on a lot of responsibilities like doing everything for the kids, cooking mm. and going to work whilst their partner in their perception does very little. And they feel like they're constantly doing everything, mm -hmm. which can lead to resentment. It can lead to frustration. It can also lead to feel like they're not really, they're not really cared about by their partner. Yeah, it's really interesting. And it's this question of... Is it just a perception? Yeah, Is it a perception that they're giving too much or are they giving too much? I suppose there's a bit of both sometimes. Sometimes people can feel that they are doing everything all of the time or sometimes they can do it also because they feel that they, they have this internal drive that if they don't give all the time, then something terrible is going to happen. Yeah? So if I don't give anymore, then people won't like me. They won't want to spend time with me. They won't love me anymore. Are you thinking about that? Yeah, this sense of, you know, giving is associated with... Uh, giving giving love depends on whether you're lovable in return. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a bit of both, is that mm. you know, sometimes it, it can be perception, but sometimes it's reality that the roles become imbalanced. Mm. Uh, and that's something else we can talk more about in another podcast, about yeah. how to make sure you balance out tasks and roles within a relationship, because yeah. at different times, sometimes people will take on more, because one person maybe has to do longer hours. Yeah. But when somebody feels there's that need to do more mm. constantly... And they feel I have to be doing. Mm. Whether or not they are doing more, it's mm. often found that they, they feel that they're doing a lot more and they're constantly having to do everything in a relationship. Mm. And ultimately, that perception that they're not really cared about. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think also, <laughs> just up front, is also to, as you're listening to this, is, is not to think that can be a thing... To say to your partner, well, it's just your perception that you do more. No, sure. Because, you know, it's about actually working out, first of all, mm. working out actually what is going on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's interesting. No, I do recognize this phenomenon and I recognize it from clients telling me that they, they feel like they're also too giving in friendships, for example. Mm. They're the ones who always arrange to meet other friends. They're the ones who kind of do everything to maintain the friendship, to make the phone calls, to care, etc., And it's really interesting because for me there's a sort of there's a sort of close association between in being in this role of giving all the time and being a victim, yeah, being at the receiving end of other people's 
lack of interest somehow. So often um, it's interesting to kind of look at it from this perspective that it, it puts you into this role of always being on a back footer, yeah, and being and and putting other people conversely because you are always the victim. That also means that you put other people into the role of being the perpetrator. They're doing something bad to you. They're not doing enough. They're not looking after you enough, etc. So it can be quite problematic in that way. Absolutely. And I, I think actually one key thing that just came into my mind now, which I probably would have said later, but I might forget, mm. is well, in, in some research it has suggested and shown that actually doing and giving and contributing mm. is a powerful thing for improving your self-esteem. Because there's a key distinction here which I think needs to be added because mm. it's not just about doing and giving. Mm. But for those things, it's about genuinely wanting to give and contribute without the need for appreciation. But just yes. doing because you want to help others, because you want to do something. Well, that's but, part of a deal. Yeah, but this mean. distinction yeah. is where yeah. you feel the need to give or you feel the need to always be kind of arranging everything or doing the things mm. for the other person. Mm. Because ultimately what you really want mm. is love or appreciation. Yeah. Or yeah. to feel better about yourself. Where there's, there's a fundamental, like a, a fundamental pain or a fundamental right. hurt that you're trying to, to heal. Yeah, absolutely. So it's this idea of you're giving, the giving is, con, con, is contingent on receiving uh, love. That's the idea. That, yeah. I, the, I have to give, I have to give. If I don't give, then other people are not going to give me. Yeah, but you have to give to be loved rather yeah. than the fact that you can be loved because you're lovable. Yeah. And I think that's the thing in a relationship is ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, to have that balance in a relationship, it's we have to feel lovable. And that's why in our course, The Relationship Maze, we start with knowing yourself mm-hmm. because until you know yourself and those blind spots, mm-hmm. you know, we may be doing these things without even realizing that, you know, even when somebody does love us, we can't acknowledge it. We can't feel it. Mm-hmm. We don't feel love because we have this thing within us that mm-hmm. ultimately feels that we're not lovable. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so we're kind of uh, we're sort of turning giving into a problem here at the moment, aren't we? So obviously, just to be clear that it is great to give love to other people. Uh, it is absolutely great to do that. Um and of course you have to, yeah, in particular in relationships. But it's when it's when it sort of tips over into this kind of victimhood, I think that's when it's when it's really tricky. And and that's when again, as Tom just said, that's when it's really relevant to reflect on why am I doing this, what's my motivation here? Is there um is there you know, where's this desire to always have to kind of overemphasize that I'm loving to other people or caring for other people? Where is that stemming from? Is it filling a void? Is it filling a gap that you have, so to speak? Is it tapping into your sense of, well, I'm ultimately not really that lovable, therefore I have to kind of compensate by loving more, giving more to other people. That's the only way that I can gain love from others. So does it, for example, um, does the, the need to always give excessively, so to speak, does it, for example, link to your attachment style? And we've talked about attachment styles um, in, in other podcasts before. Your attachment style, if you have an insecure attachment style in particular, um, um, an anxious, uh, preoccupied attachment style, you are more likely to fill into this category of giving, 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 because you 
you have this you have this anxiety around if I don't provide enough for the other person, then they're not going to be there for me. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely to do the attachment style. And, and, and another kind of perspective as well, and we can talk more about attachment mm. styles if you want to in a moment, mm. is also an earlier podcast we talked about transactional analysis, yeah. the TA, mm. and that sort of please others driver. And, and this often, you know, for me, comes from the story that we have. So, again, we might talk about stories um, in some of the work that we do where, you know, we may develop this belief at an early age that, you know, that we have, we have love is conditional. Mm. Like, our, you know, our parents may have mm. said things or done mm. things, mm. maybe not maliciously, but mm. things that they just said that we then experience as, well, if, if I'm to be loved, I have to... Mm. always be doing x y or z i have to be doing all the chores around the house i have mm. to be you know i have to be looking after people yeah. uh, and ultimately that you know unless you do that it, it feels like you're not going to be loved so at some some level we felt that love is conditional so throughout our lives we may forget where this comes from mm. um, and then we experience that actually you know I, I, there's this drive within us to need to be able to doing things for other people uh, and in relationships, because otherwise we feel, you know, we're not going to be loved. Um, and, and as a result, unfortunately, it's, it's a double-edged sword, because once you have this story or this mm. belief that ultimately mm. I'm only loved if I do, yeah. ultimately, or, or and, and, and actually even deeper than that, it's sometimes the, a deeper belief, which is ultimately I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of being loved. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not lovable. Yes. And ultimately, if, you, if we have this limiting belief that we form at an early age, often before we really make mm. sense to us, even when the other person gives us love or we do so much, it feels like you know, we're doing everything and you know, it, it never feels like we're being loved because ultimately that belief that I'm unlovable is never going to be changed because you know, it, it's there. It's fundamentally that that belief and until we work on that limiting belief until we work on that self image mm. no matter how much you do no matter how much somebody actually shows you they love you or tells you they love you again we talk about love languages yeah. different ways we experience that but no mm. matter how they express it in whatever language you will never feel loved if you have this underlying belief that you are unlovable or mm. unworthy of love until you work on it. And, and you can mm. change and, it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Can, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, coming back to the attachment styles, because obviously what you're describing there, that's very much the anxious, preoccupied belief system that, you know, you can't quite trust anyone to really give you what you ultimately need or give you the love that you need and you ultimately can't trust anyone to really be there present for you because that's the old relational pattern that you experienced uh, as a child for example so but the good news is that this is adaptable and we can learn we can learn to trust we can learn to love and indeed a lot of relationships are very healing in that way they're an opportunity to heal this old wound that you might uh, carry around with you from childhood there is an opportunity for your partner to offer you and give you that love and for you to receive it but as Tom just said it needs to be we need to be open to that and we need to acknowledge first of all that there is that there is this old wound indeed and that and that we are and that we can also trust ourselves that we are lovable and adorable that our partner really wants to be with us 
Yeah. And, and unfortunately, that's easier said than done because mm-hmm. we can say, well, you know, you are lovable, you deserve love. But, you know, fundamentally, one of the challenges and, and, and actually just picking up on what you said, Angela, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we talked about in our podcast on attachment styles mm-hmm. was if you want to be more secure in your attachment style, if you're involved in a relationship with somebody who is secure, that can help. Yeah. However, I also do think that for many people, if not all people, if you fundamentally have that belief, you will never really feel totally loved, even if you are with somebody secure, until you've explored where this comes from. Because I think, you know, at at some level, we have this child part of us. So it's like we have this, you know, that young child or at some point in our life where love felt conditional or we felt... We, you know, we were made to feel like we weren't worthy of being loved. Whatever happened, yeah. And as a child, it could be something fairly small, like, mm-hmm. well, you know, if you don't do this, you know, your your mother won't come back, or whatever it is that a parent said, maybe when they were in a in in, mm-hmm. in a kind of stressed mood or something, yeah. and maybe the parent didn't mean to. Maybe they you wouldn't have said it if they weren't so stressed, mm-hmm. but that made such an impact on us that that's really affected us all the way since and. Now, as an adult, if you someone said that to you, you'd mm. just think, well, that's nonsense. Yeah. So the adult self can see that this part, you know, what, what was said then is actually, you know, it doesn't make sense. It wouldn't affect us now. Mm. But it's like this child part of us, that, that part is holding on to that message, which anytime we're in a relationship where something triggers that that's insecurity it's like that child part becomes active like again maybe in the transactional Mm. analysis model Mm. and we experience almost that childlike feeling of i'm not worthy of love or i'm not lovable Mm. so it's it's somehow exploring where this comes from and finding a way to to kind of relate differently to that story absolutely because it also enables us then to receive love in a different way because mm. otherwise if you can't quite trust the other person to be really there for you uh, and to give you what you need you are also you're overlooking the signs that they're trying to to actually give you love yeah you can't take it in you can't allow it in so to speak yeah absolutely and so i think you know i, I think as well with some people that i've worked with and also mm-hmm. just generally in my own experience what's really important is to also learn to receive mm-hmm. love yeah. to receive affection even to receive kind of compliments mm-hmm. and kind of praise because often that goes together yeah, is absolutely. not being able to receive even a compliment and and you know many people Mm. Um, I know will kind of, if they're complimented, will say things like, well, it's nothing or anyone could do it rather than just saying thank you. And I think I mentioned this in another podcast, but to me, one way to think about that is, uh, and to to learn to think about receiving love more is actually by receiving, you're also giving. Mm. So say, for example, it's somebody's birthday or Christmas and you give them a present Mm. and they just say, no, I don't want that. Yeah. How do you feel as the giver? Yes. Yeah, you, you feel kind of like rejected. You? Mm. So, you know, when the receiver doesn't actually receive and show appreciation and actually just enjoy it, yeah. it affects both people. So also know that actually by receiving praise, by receiving love, you're also giving love as well. Yes. So, and, and I think, you know, one little thing that, that can be quite a powerful exercise is, is to take time with your partner mm. 
and you know spend some time whether it's 10 minutes half an hour or whatever just kind of relaxing in a kind of nice in a time when you're able to relax and maybe just just taking turns to take, say to your partner what you love about them what you appreciate about them mm. and as a person listening just listen mm. just listen and thank them mm. and just just allow yourself to feel what that feels like to take that on board. And even if part of you feels, I don't know if I really believe that, just think, how would it feel if I did believe that? Mm. So what would it feel like, you know, if that really was the case? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and take really turns lo- with that. Yeah. Really, really lovely exercise. Um, because, well, a, first of all, uh, a lot of the time, particularly if it's been a, a longer-term relationship, a lot of partners don't exchange these kind of loving messages quite so frequently anymore, or quite so overtly anymore. So it's a really lovely exercise to do, actually. Mm. And it's true, it's, you will realise, a lot of you, not all of you, but a lot of you will realise that it's difficult to take it in sometimes, to take the love on board. It can almost feel a little bit... Uh, and again, it depends on your attachment style. If you're a little bit more on the uh, avoidant spectrum of attachment, you might almost find it a little bit too much yeah, to, to get uh, love from your partner. You might experience some discomfort around that. You might not trust it, for example. You might think, well, what do they want? What's the deal here? Why are they giving me? Yeah, That's uh, frequently an experience um, that, I, that I witness in, in couple relationships. So one partner giving a bit too much and the other one finding it overwhelming in receiving it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and if this can, like you said, with the, the victim triangle, mm. so it's a drama triangle. The drama triangle. The drama triangle, I got the yeah. name wrong, sorry. Yeah. The, so the drama triangle, mm. you know, this can be created unconsciously by the person in that vic, in the sort of supposed victim part, yeah. Yeah. or it can be created by the perpetrator, because some mm. people will, in a relationship, say, well, you know, if you really love me or do this, mm. maybe even jokingly, but the other person starts to feel they need to do these things. Mm. But in other situations, if you feel that you have to give, you give and give and you mm. put yourself in that role. Mm. And then you may complain to other people or complain in your mind and actually become the perpetrator as well. So absolutely. you put yourself into kind of both roles depending on the context that you're in. Yes, absolutely. These roles, um, and we haven't really uh, introduced this properly, but this is uh, we're referring to Cartman's drama triangle where we have... Um, where we have the role of the victim, the perpetrator, and the rescuer. So what we're talking about here are predominantly roles of victim and perpetrator, and they very often switch. Yeah, so you can easily, uh, from a victim, become the perpetrator if you then uh, say to your partner all the time, "Well, because you can't receive love, you then go to your partner and say, well, you're not giving me enough love, I'm not hearing enough, you're never enough, so to speak. That's a very frequent uh, attack uh, uh, that uh, that turns the victim into a perpetrator. So this kind of dynamic very often plays out in in relationships. About. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, what else can you do? You know, we talked about one little exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, fundamentally, I think it really involves going into your own story and kind of finding where this need to give comes from. Mm-hmm. 
And, and that can be challenging. In fact, you, you may really need to do this with a therapist. Yeah. Uh, also with our course, The Relationship Maze, on the first stage, we spend time mm-hmm. helping you to look at yourself and to gain some of that insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can take time and it can also be challenging when you start to look at that. Yeah, absolutely. It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It can be. And, and mm-hmm. sometimes, though, it's something that when you realise it, you think, Really, was that? It, that's the reason why yes. why I had this, and it was just some little thing that was said. That now you think, well, actually, that's ridiculous. But yeah. but at the time, it meant so much when you were like six or seven or whatever yes. age you were. Yeah. Uh, but now, when you realise that sometimes it isn't such a big thing, no. but it affected you so much then. Mm. But you know, finding where that originated and finding a different way to relate to it mm. in in a more adult way, as opposed to always going back into that child way of Mm-hmm. of reacting it is really important yes it's about sort of developing this kind of helicopter perspective that you notice you notice a response for example you notice that you feel disappointed with your partner because they're not giving you enough you notice that and you kind of step away from it so to speak and look at this feeling that gets generated here and and you get a bit of a, uh, you create a bit more distance in your responses and see, well, why am I responding in this way? What's really playing out here? That's ultimately what we want to always work towards, to, to be able to step away a little bit more from what you're experiencing. And, and, and that will enable you to have a different response. Yeah, the same situation. Absolutely. And, and this plays out, as Angela said, I think you said, not just in relationships, but mm. it could be in work, it could be in your social life, in really any area of life. So one other thing, just to take away and have a think about, not just that exercise about expressing love to each other, but also notice how you respond when people do say something nice to you or compliment you. Mm. And start to think about... If you tend to shy away from kind of accepting it or, mm. or kind of like just making an excuse for not taking that compliment, like, well, no, you know, it's nothing or whatever. Mm. Also with compliments, just acknowledge it, say thank you. And know that that appreciation is also allowing the other person to feel good. Yeah. So just knowing in yourself that it's okay. Accepting a compliment is not being arrogant that's mm. different. That's when you kind of think, well, yes. I'm the best. And maybe, you know, maybe not even getting compliments, but yes. you just think you're the best when, you know, other people would certainly not say that. Yes. But when somebody acknowledges what you do, that's time to just take that on board and kind of just allow yourself to take that and, and, and thank them for that or just, mm. you know, have that good feeling that you get. Mm. That's a, And you're raising a really important point because I think a lot of the time, Many people don't take compliments on board because they feel it's, yeah, it's sort of, uh, it's uh, almost like, you know, it's this idea of pride becomes, comes before the fall. It's something that I've heard a lot, particularly with clients who've grown up in a Catholic environment. This idea that you mustn't be too, too proud and you mustn't uh, be, you, you know, your head mustn't become too full of yourself. So we take on all these messages as well and we try to be modest sometimes in a way that's not helpful. Yeah, and modesty doesn't mean not accepting compliments no. and praise because there are things that we're good at and it's good to know what you can do, yeah. but also know we can always be more as well. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that we acknowledge something <clears> doesn't mean that we can't develop, we can't grow because we're always growing. Mm-hmm. But actually just acknowledging as well within yourself, there are certain things that you do do and that's really good to acknowledge that to yourself.
Yeah. And it's not about being proud, about being arrogant. No. Although if actually feeling proud can be fine. Oh, absolutely. But, but it's different. That's different <clears throat> from being arrogant. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Great. So, yeah. So, again, if you want to find out more about this podcast and you want some extra notes about this show, go to the relationshipmazepodcast.com. Please press subscribe now if you haven't already and share this episode with anybody that might benefit. And leave us a nice review. We're still waiting for these reviews. That would be really nice to have someone <coughs> say some nice words. If you if you found it helpful, then please do let us know. That would be great. Great feedback for us. Because we also like to receive, don't we? That's right. <laughs> so uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Take good care. Bye.